Hi, I'm Anushka and welcome to Green Lab's podcast, Agricultural Mavericks. Today we'll be talking to Bethan Wolfenden from Bento Lab. Hi, Bethan. Hi. How are you? Yeah, good. It's a pleasure to be joining you. Thank you. Um, so if you'd like to just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about Bento Lab. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I am with the co-founder of Bento and I've been working on it with my uh, co-founder, Philip, for the last four years together. And Bento Lab is a portable DNA analysis laboratory. And the future that Philip and I envisaged when we started Bento Lab was um, where everybody could get hands-on with biotech and they could teach themselves how to take samples from their garden, for example, and analyze the DNA and collaborate with people around the world. We really wanted to make biotechnology a very accessible science. And we've started out by building this portable DNA analysis kit. And we have people using it from doing research in the field all the way through to schools and to individuals that are learning biology at home, which is really cool. Does it come with like an explanation starter? pack because obviously as someone that's never done anything with DNA is it sort of literally for the novice or do yes. you need to, yeah so I mean that's a really good question because I think when we started out we were like well if we build accessible easy to use equipment people will come and then you actually realize okay well people have got it and they don't know what to do with it yeah. so yeah um we've designed this uh starter kit for mental lab which is 10 different experiments and it takes people through the very basics of okay this is how you take dna out of a sample and it's super easy but it's just the knowledge of how to do it through to more theoretical questions like um how much dna do i know that i've got in my sample and which samples give me the best amount of DNA and eventually we'd like people to get to the point where they could actually design their own experiment Uh, and the way that we've done it is that we've set up this online platform where people can go through different experiments and they have the reagents and the chemicals and the kit to match those experiments and they can interact with other people to ask questions and so like a forum for sort of new users Yeah, yeah absolutely I think one of our goals is to create a platform that someone could use anywhere in the world even if they're by themselves and with the power of the internet today you can give people so many uh so much support and so many educational resources uh, just through the web that's awesome so yeah what made you choose to start bento lab initially because i know you and philip have sort of big science education backgrounds yeah um well i was so i studied biology at uni um or biochemistry and philip was doing computer science and we met doing this summer project where they got a whole bunch of students together and they did like a genetic engineering project for the summer and it was loads of fun uh it's this big competition called igem mm-hmm. the international genetic engineered machine competition and I think Philip and I got to being friends over the project and came out of it and thought, we actually want to carry on doing this kind of project and we're capable, competent people. The only thing that's getting in the way is that we don't have access to this kit because it's in the uni labs and we're only allowed in during special hours. And and actually, why is that the case? It's partly just because it's expensive. Um, and so we kind of set about building, we joined the DIY bio uh, kind of movement which is people that are building their own lab equipment all around the world um, and doing their own experiments and we started building something for ourselves initially and then we realised that other people were interested in it too and that it kind of just evolved out of that. 
So yeah, like you said, the sort of DIY was like citizen science and like the current makerspaces a big inspiration. I know of makerspaces more from sort of a designer craft background, but it's great to see that it's sort of happening across the board. Yeah, definitely. We joined the London Biohack Space, which is based at the London Hack Space out in near Bethnal Green and one of the exciting things about the maker movement and the hacker movement is that you bring so many different types of people together in a room and you essentially by virtue of saying we are a maker or we are a hacker you in, you give people that feeling of I can do this mm. I don't have to be an expert to do this and I think that that's exciting in the kind of more creative buildering sense and then biology can be that too and it's bringing that movement into sciences I mean obviously producing a scientific paper versus having a go at a DNA extraction is two totally different things yeah. but in the same way that is you know someone that maybe produces one chair versus producing lots and lots of furniture and I think that joining the London Biohack space for us was a very inspirational moment because it was, it was it definitely for me it was very empowering um, to feel that I was able to have a go at whatever I wanted. So would you say that that was actually more empowering than being at university sort of studying? Oh absolutely. Bio? Yeah because it's more sort of grassroots and you can experiment I mean, universities offer lots of opportunities, but I think for me it was... You're always in the box of being a student and being a young learning person who isn't meant to be taking things too seriously. And I think one of the exciting things about joining the hack space and experimenting there was that it was this sandbox where you were an independent adult and your ideas weren't dismissed because you were a student. I mean, they were dismissed if they were crap. Yeah, (laughs) you were treated on like a level. On on par. Yeah. You were on par with other people. And you go from being a student to being a student and it it made me, uh, it showed me a glimpse of the world that's outside of that that kind of awaits. And it was just so exciting. I couldn't wait to get away from... (laughs) (laughs) away from academia that's really great Um, and then so with the actual Bento Lab itself at the moment what stage are you guys up to so I know you've done your first beta testing yeah so we started beta testing in 2016 and we'd started building kind of initial prototypes as early as the end of 2013 and we wrapped that up and moved on to, we did a Kickstarter to get funding for our first manufacturing run in about April 2016. And so we've spent the last two years setting up manufacturing, which has been a much harder slog than we'd naively anticipated. <laughs> and we're at the point now where we're starting to get units off the production line and we're kind of in that final stage of quality control, testing and very, very early tentative kind of shipping out to people. I mean, that's super exciting. We've been working on this for five years now, and it's taken two years to get the manufacturing up and running, which is a very reasonable, if not fast, time amount of time, actually, to get something like that set up. But it's um, because it's our first time doing manufacturing, it felt sort of interminable. We weren't sure when it would actually finish. Yeah. Um, so it's exciting to suddenly realise it dawns upon us now that we're at the point where we might be shipping soon, and, and that's awesome. Yeah. 
Um, so was Kickstarter quite a sort of important step for you guys funding? Because obviously you were talking about the whole idea of science becoming more available to the masses and like this sort of DIY hacking and sort of Kickstarter in a way, rather than having to necessarily go through like traditional funding routes, it's quite like a, a grassroots sort of to the people they can choose what they want to back. So was that quite an important, like was that quite an empowering sort of funding option to go through? Absolutely. I mean, we had, um, so throughout the first couple of years when we were working on the project, it was a part-time uh, project and we were taking it forward as this concept, this idea that we'd like to see to come, to come to life. And we had a lot of people that were interested in getting one. So Kickstarter allowed us to connect up with all those people and to actually just let them support us directly. Mm. It has its pros and cons. I think one of the challenges for us when we were starting out was that we were, so being sort of just fresh out of uni, we didn't really understand or we struggled with things like the grant system um, or getting Innovate UK funding and our idea is a bit of a wacky one, the idea of trying to teach people molecular biology like you teach coding. It's, it's Well, firstly, it's really hard and mm. secondly it's a bit uh, out of the box and it's um, so I think it was quite a challenge for us when we were talking to people about raising funding. It was something that they weren't very sure about. So for us, the idea of, okay, let's just go to Kickstarter and we'll get all the people that we know that believe in us and get them to back us allowed us to bypass uh, having discussions where we we didn't have to work at convincing people who weren't convinced, if that makes sense. Yeah. And we could go straightly to the people who believed in it. Yeah. So obviously um, some people pre-ordered the lab via Kickstarter, but now that you're sort of close to possible first shipment dates, if people were now interested in getting hold of a lab, so what's the process that they could go through? Is it still pre-ordering or...? So at the moment, just because we're not... We've got a backlog of people that we have to ship to from Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. It's still in a pre-order phase. I think by the time we get to about May, we should have shipped out to everybody and we'll be in a position where someone can just order it and they'll have it within a couple of weeks. Um, That's so exciting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, but we have actually, we've been we've been offering people to pre-order it since Kickstarter. So we've had people that have been coming us through to us via our website ever since then. Yeah. And um, is it just one type of lab or do you have a few different different types like for schools would that be different to the one that individuals would order or it's all just the same that's the plan going forwards at the moment we just have a one-size-fits-all lab mm-hmm. but what we've actually realized is that we're working with quite different markets and groups of people so we have researchers versus schools and they have quite different needs in terms of robustness or tolerancing like how fast do they need their pcr machine to actually increase in temperature or do they need it to be definitely drop proof that type of And there's also, I think what's been interesting, an interesting journey for me particularly, because I come from kind of a sciencey background, is appreciating just how much the visualisation, the aesthetics play into how we market it and who buys it. Mm -hmm. Um, So just something as small as the colour of the ribbons on the box make a difference as to how a scientist perceives it versus a school. Yeah, that's true actually, I didn't thought about that, but... Yeah, it's very different audiences, aren't they? Absolutely, and I think we deliberately designed it looking 
more and more playful because we wanted it to be geared towards someone that maybe wasn't from a science background and we wanted it to, and we wanted to look beautiful and I think that actually when we take that to some of the more research focused um, scientists for them that's a no-go because they're serious and they want yeah. something that looks serious we're looking to a future in which maybe we differentiate the product so it fits people's needs in terms of technical capacity mm-hmm. but also fits their needs in terms of what they think it needs to look like yeah so sort of in the future would you maybe like every sort of primary school has their own bento lab because I mean that to me just seems amazing but yeah. quite like a crazy idea I, I mean, think that brilliant, would be but... really exciting I mean I think probably people have big dreams like that in the sense of 3D printers and coding yeah. but um, I think that it's it would be incredible to see every probably more high school like a secondary school yeah. have a bento lab that they have an after school science club and they work yeah. with some of the local universities and maybe they have partner up with the community as well to run projects um, we have a we know a project in the US that's looking at local trout and they're monitoring the local uh, lake and looking at trout there and so that's a, I think a project that you can really actually bring people together and connect people up with cool thank you very much Beth yeah it's been uh, it's been a pleasure